So we started at 10 o'clock, so I would have an extra half an hour. <laughs> Just kidding. Were you thinking that? Dang, you bugger, right? Like, come on, give us a break. Just joking. Maybe today, because this summer I feel like I've hardly taught, so it's just going to brim out. No, uh, I didn't think that. I actually thought I have to be more concise and less repetitious, but we'll see how it goes today. So if you don't have a Bible, would you raise your hand? I guess I don't know where they are. Maybe they're hidden, but uh, we'll try and find you one. But if you do have a Bible, Psalm 90, if you'll turn there with me. We're kind of in this last season of summer talking about Bible characters, but I just really felt uh, there's a verse and a concept in this psalm that the Lord wanted me to bring to our attention today. So Psalm 90, it says this, a prayer of Moses, the man of God. Verse 1, Lord, you've been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or even you had formed the earth and the worlds, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You turn man to destruction, you say, return, O children of men, for a thousand years in your sight are like yesterday when it is past. And like a watch in the night, you carry them away like a flood. They are like sheep. In the morning, they are like the grass which grows up. In the morning, it flourishes and grows up. In the evening, it is cut down and withers. For we've been consumed by your anger and by your wrath. We are terrified. You've set our iniquities before you, our secret sins, in the light of your countenance. For all our days have passed away in your wrath. We finish our years like a sigh. The days of our life are 70 years, and if by reason of strength they are 80 years, yet their boast is only labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. Who knows the power of your anger? For as the fear of you, so is your wrath. Verse 12, So teach us to number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Verse 13, return, O Lord, how long? Have compassion on your servants, O satisfy us early with your mercy, that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad according to the days in which you have afflicted us, the years in which you have seen evil. Let your work appear to your servants and your glory to their children, and let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. There's lots of different themes in this psalm, and I'm sure we probably could have attacked many different ones. We're not sure when Moses wrote this psalm, though many believe it was when the people were on the verge of crossing into the promised land. And if that's the case, Moses would have seen 40 years in the wilderness as well as 40 years before that. And 40 years before that, he learned, uh, lived to be 120, and this is coming to the end of his life. It seems those years in the wilderness, according to Scripture very clearly, were difficult years of God's judgment, judgment on the people for their disobedience and lack of faith. 
In the book of Numbers, we read, because the people's lack of obedience, that everyone over the age of 20 would die in the wilderness. So you take that number, if there was one or three million there, that means my wife had heard a sermon and indicated to me that they were doing many, many funerals a day. We see some of the plagues as a little bit of judgment of sin and thousands and thousands have died, but Moses is writing this and we see God's judgment, but you have to understand the context where he's seen God's judgment and basically it was a death march in the wilderness. That's what it was. People dying continually and God had made it clear there was a reason why. Before we understand that, and trying to put that in context for today, we also see in this psalm that God makes it clear he's eternal and we are not. We see that at the beginning of the psalm where it says very clearly he's from everlasting to everlasting. We put that together with Revelation chapter 1 and we see he's the beginning and the end. He's the alpha and the... Omega. There's none before God. There's none after God. He even says he's before creation in verse 2. Before the mountains were brought forth, he was there. He goes on to say very clearly that we are not physically eternal, though spiritually we know we are. He gives us some illustrations that help us understand that. He tells us we're but a sleep, but a dream, a piece of grass. And I'm not one who loves this time of year. People say, I love fall. I don't love fall. I don't love my allergies. And I don't love the leaves turning because it means an end of summer. Some say, well, just move somewhere where it's warmer, but God's called me here, and I know I shouldn't complain, but people say, oh, I love fall. I'm like, oh, darn it. All the hot weather is going away. But you know, at the beginning, you see all the growth, and within three months, everything is dying. The lawns actually have even started, the beginning of the trees, and it's just a picture of the shortness of life. Life is very short. It was funny, this spring, thinking about slowing down because life is short, my kids got into slow-mo videoing. I don't know if you've ever done that. You have that capacity with your iPhones now. You could speed up the video or you could slow down the video. And I was thinking about that in regards to God being eternal and we having very short lives that we really want to take care to be careful to understand what this psalm is saying because Moses is saying that's wisdom. So anyways, my kids got into this videoing and I thought I'd show a little video. It's only three seconds long. And uh, maybe, Caleb, you can go shut the... It's only two minutes, but you know what? Maybe it helps you uh, pay attention to the sermon a little more. Um, yeah, there, there's Nathaniel. They filled up these balloons with water, and then they got into this slow-mo. 
thing. Can we play that again? Now, obviously, when you see that in real time, it doesn't have the same effect, but here we go. It's almost you see that frame by frame, and it's slowed down, and to me, I find that a lot more interesting. And as I was praying about that, and you might think this is a little strange, I believe that's how God wants you and me to live our lives. But I'm basically saying what I think this psalm is saying. Life is short. God is forever. God will judge. Enjoy what God has given you. Live day by day, moment by moment, whether you think things are good or you know they're bad. I woke up many days this summer thinking, I want to take advantage of each moment. My kids were home. I wanted to live life to the fullest because I realized summer would pass quickly. I'm starting to realize as I get older that's the way I need to live, not just the summer, but every day of my life. It's interesting in the psalm, as we read, this can be defined as wisdom. Actually, in verse 12, it says, number your days, count your moments, because life is short, and it says you will gain wisdom. That's the meaning. As you do that, you gain wisdom for numbering, counting, living in the moment. And by the way, this just isn't an Old Testament concept. Paul says in the book of Ephesians, in the New King James, you might know it well, a wise person or being wise is redeeming the times, for the days are evil. Redeeming, buying back. A wise person takes advantage of each moment and does not wish it away. I think the ESV would say it like this in Ephesians 5.5, 5, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. I love that because it's not about whether your days are bad or good, Basically saying some of them are going to be evil because our world is evil. It doesn't matter whether you're tired or energized, whether you have challenges or weaknesses. Wisdom is living moment by moment. Jesus says it clearly in the Gospels in the book of Matthew when he says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and do not worry about tomorrow. Today, don't you love this part, has enough troubles of its own. Don't you love Jesus, right? Like, <laughs> I don't have to, I got trouble tomorrow. I don't want to worry about tomorrow. No, you got enough trouble today, buddy. You don't even have to focus on tomorrow's troubles because today has trouble. But Jesus basically is saying we need to live in today and not worry about tomorrow. We do need to number our days. We need to enjoy everything God gives to us. This summer... On our trip to Colorado with my wife, because I don't usually take many trips, I made a commitment before I went, 
to live each moment of that trip to the fullest. Like that was my, the moment I got up at 5.30 a.m. the first day to get the plane. Woo! That's what I wanted my heart to sing. And I'm not an early riser. The first trip in the airport, I'm like, I'm going to take a picture of every airport. Because I don't go on airports. You're like, oh man, you're just like, I'm in airports all the time, they're boring. I'm not in airports. So I found it fascinating and I'm like, I'm going to live each moment, take a picture with my wife in each airport. I'm just going to enjoy this. I think this is great. So it started great. That's what I have to say. But by the time I was waiting for my third flight in Los Angeles, and I'd been up for over 20 hours, I asked myself, am I still enjoying this time? It started with a bang, and I was uh, fading fast. With the time change and spending the day on the beach in Los Angeles and waiting for our next plane, I had made a mistake to come back a little early, so I didn't time it right to have just a quick, short wait for that plane to Albuquerque, and we ended up having to wait two hours, and I'm not an experienced traveler, but I thought, that's way too long. Oh, I was tired, and I was getting angry. I don't know if you've ever been like that. So this desire to enjoy every moment was fading fast, but I remembered that commitment I had made, that there could be joy in that moment, even though I was angry, I was tired, and I was upset. Anyways, I took a picture. So I, I'm just into this picture thing today. This was when I was angry and upset. <laughs> now Amy's fine, she's the Energizer Bunny, but it almost looks like I have to prop my eyes open because I was so tired. You can turn that off now, but the point I want to make is this very clearly. There's often in our lives an ability to enjoy the moment when we get what we want. But when we don't get what we want, we wish time away. And I think it's a challenge for each and every one of us in this room. We live our lives from event to event. We live our life from destination to destination. And it almost works like this. When I was a kid and I woke up, I said, what is today? What do I have on today? Do I have a game today? Is there a show on I like today? Is there a field trip at school today? And I find myself even doing that as an adult. Do I have something planned for today? And it might be not even planned. Oh, I get to be alone today, maybe in my own house that no one's going to call me. And I'm like, oh, yes, or whatever it is for you. But that is living for a moment that brings you joy. And we live our lives from moment to moment. We live our life for the doctor to say, that's okay. We live our life for our boss to say, a raise. We live our life for to say, my household. We live our life to say, my kids are okay. But I think this psalm would tell us, no, number each moment, bad or good, because it is a gift. It's funny, I don't want to come here today to tell you how to use your time. 
You know, we could get into the sermon and say, oh yeah, use your time, Wesley, moment by moment, and this is what you should do. That's the Holy Spirit's job. That's not my job. And when I talk to Amy about this, it would be very easy for that to become very legal and condemning. Like, enjoy every moment, or use every moment for God, and you got to read your Bible, and if you don't read your Bible, then you're not using your time wisely, and then you're like, ah, am I doing good or bad? And then we live in depression that we're not going to... That's not what I'm talking about. You can let the Holy Spirit deal with you in that area. But what I am saying is your days are short and God is saying, be wise and have joy. Rejoice. You say, why should I rejoice if it's a bad situation? Why do you want me to enjoy the bad as well as the good? Because this psalm would say, it's not necessarily about how long you do something or where you're at. This psalm would say it's where you are. I'm going to point you to verse 1. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. New Testament version, let me help you. Lord, I want to abide in you. I want to abide in the vine. Some translations might say, Lord, you have been our refuge, our rock, our dwelling place. New Testament, I want to abide in you. And I tell you that because God is outside of time. And in some ways, our life is short. But we're outside of time. But listen. If you're living in Jesus Christ, you should have joy. I'm not talking about happiness or being giddy or silly, because we define that as joy sometimes. Joy is an unshakable contentment and thankful spirit. That's what joy is. And as we abide in Jesus Christ for knowing who he is and what he's done, we can rejoice, as Paul says in Philippians, again and again and again. Whether you think time is falling apart or the circumstance you're in is awful, God wants you to live moment by moment abiding in him. Abiding in his peace. Joy, righteousness, and love. You need, and I need, to live in the Spirit, to follow the Spirit. Because the reality is, we can have joy in each moment. We can enjoy and have that wisdom for every day that God gives us. God is absolutely amazing. He's never in a rush. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> Just think it says a thousand days of our time to him is but a day because he's eternal. Think about that concept. He's eternal. So what's one life here? It's a speck. It's nothing. So when he says a thousand days is like one day, it's because he's eternal and he's patient and he's not in a rush and he wants us to enjoy each moment. Amen? But I want to add one thing to that to close. You have no reason to be in a rush. 
if you want to enjoy each moment of your life, one of the first things we have to do, probably myself included, is stop rushing around, trying to get to the next thing. If God's not a rush because he's eternal and he knows our life, he really wants us to live the same way. That every moment has a purpose and you don't have to rush to the next. He is patient, so we need to be patient. You kind of understand that? One last thought from my trip to bring it home. I remember we were on the way home and we had another stop in L.A., but we landed and we were on WestJet and we saw another WestJet. And I'm like, oh, we have to wait 13 hours till our plane. So I thought, oh, that one might be going somewhere east. Maybe I can hop on that plane, right? I can save myself time and I can see my kids, right? Yeah. And Amy's like, yeah, let's do it. So we got out and we rushed on the bus and it had to zip around to the next terminal. And we got out. We were in such a rush. We were just running, running, running. We get to the desk and it's still there. And we see on the thing, this one's going to Toronto and it leaves in half an hour. Oh, we got it. We said, lady, listen, we don't have any luggage, just what's on our back. Put us on that plane. It's like it's full. I just rushed. Got so excited. Because I don't want to waste any time. I've got things to do. I've got people to see. I remember he said it was full after feeling a little maybe distressed. Just God put in my heart, I've given you the next 12 hours to enjoy. I've given you the next 12 hours to enjoy. And I remember thinking, I'm going to make the most of this. We missed it. Wasn't my plan. But God had a better plan. So you have two options. You can sulk at this moment. Right? Or you could see, God, what do you have? And of my whole trip of climbing mountains, going to a wedding, that was the funnest 12 hours I had. So we just got on an Uber, went to the beach, explored a place I had never been. God is so much bigger than your concept of what you think should be happening and when you think it should happen. And you have a choice to bear down and say, I am submitted, God, to your plan for my life. And I will live in your spirit, not rushing around. Because I know you have something better good in each moment. Think of the balloon. Just kind of falling. <laughs> frame by frame, but each frame is a gift that God has given you. So very clearly, yeah, there's judgment, but I want you to know in this psalm, you enjoy it, and we live in a time when Moses says, 
turn back to us, God. We want compassion. We want you to bless our work. We want your loving kindness. Satisfy us with your mercy. And they're waiting for that because they're living in judgment. Here's what I want you to know. You can enjoy each moment even better than them because the answer to his psalm is Jesus Christ. He has given you loving kindness. He has given you mercy. He has taken the judgment. He has now, through the power of the Holy Spirit, a desire to establish your work for his glory. So even more than them who are called to have a heart of wisdom to enjoy each moment, we even more so because Jesus has answered this psalm and given you everything you need. You're more than enough for where he has put you. Don't wish it away because he is more concerned about the journey than the destination. Amen? Lord, thank you this morning for your grace and for your goodness, for your truth. Thank you for this psalm. And may our hearts and our spirits be abiding in you. Lord, things can get difficult. We know that, you know that, but would you help us, no matter where we are today, to enjoy each moment you give us. Would you change our attitudes from being selfish? Would you change my attitude from being selfish? Our attitude from complaining? And embrace where you've put us. Where we don't understand. We say in life there are things we don't understand but we know you do. And we desire to live in you, trusting, depending. Lord, you've given us joy through Jesus Christ. That's what we're celebrating this morning, that we're forgiven people. The judgment that was proclaimed in Psalm 90 was met in Jesus Christ. All those secret sins that are laid out, Jesus died for. And he has returned. Jesus has returned. And he's given us mercy. He's given us grace. He's given us so much love. We're going to celebrate that. The elements are in the back. Maybe this morning... You needed a little course correction, a little attitude change. But praise God for the Holy Spirit for who does that in our lives. May we look at Jesus. Enjoy all that life has for us, good or bad. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you this morning. If you don't know Jesus Christ, I want to tell you that he loves you. Maybe you've been to church your whole life, but you've never truly made a commitment. Maybe as we've heard today, maybe fear is holding you back in some way, maybe shame, maybe guilt. But the gospel message is clear that he loved you. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, that whoever believes on him 
will live and not die. We'll have eternity. Do you truly believe in Him? Reminded that. So good to proclaim this and give opportunity. You can ask anyone to raise their hands or stand up, but I would say you can call out to Jesus where you are. Believe on Him. Confess Him with your mouth. Tell someone today and you will be saved. Discipleship begins. A follower of Jesus Christ. See brothers and sisters in the back if you need to pray about anything. Maybe you need to get something off your mind. Maybe you just need help in something. We're a family. We love to pray for one another. Let's worship Jesus and take communion together.